This is an Odyssey original. This is the War in Ukraine Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. And I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. Over the weekend, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi became the highest-ranking American official to visit Ukraine's capital, Kyiv, during the invasion. But behind the handshakes and the good wishes between Pelosi and Ukraine's president, urgent requests from the Ukrainians to keep the flow of Western weapons and money going. Will Congress deliver? That's a big package of aid. And are we doing enough to help the war efforts? We'll also speak with a woman from the center of Ukraine in a town that's been transformed during the course of the war. Tens of thousands of refugees fleeing from the east. We start with the uh, congressional delegation that went to meet with President Zelensky this weekend in Kyiv. With us is Aaron David Miller, senior fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, a former State Department Middle East analyst. Aaron, thanks for being with us. So Speaker of the House Pelosi in Kyiv, she, of course, is second in line to the U.S. presidency. What do you think they accomplished with the visit? You know, this time the highest-ranking U.S. official uh, as Speaker of the House. Um, you know, I think it's part and parcel of a sort of a change in tone uh, and messaging from the administration, which has occurred, I think, in the wake of the Blinken-Austin visit a week or so ago. Uh, we've clearly ramped up uh, our support, both our material support, our financial support, to $33 billion is an extraordinary commitment, $20 billion military, the rest financial, and uh, obviously the Defense Department probably wants to slip in stuff that they've wanted to get for a long time. Our messaging's also changed. We're not talking about winning, um, even using the word victory, weakening uh, Russia, the former Soviet Union. So uh, it, on the part of the administration, other than committing American ground forces, which I think the Biden administration is incredibly risk-averse to even consider doing, uh, we're all in on this one. I, I, I was struck by the fact, of course, uh, having worked for Secretary of State of both parties and having voted for Republicans and Democrats over the years, that there were there was no Republican participation. It would have been nice, um, and it's going to be even more important, uh, whatever the whichever way the midterms go in November, that this reflect a broad bipartisan support uh, for NATO and for the effort uh, effort in Ukraine. So uh, I don't know whether that was because uh, the speaker didn't ask any Republicans. Did she ask and they refused to go? I have no idea. I don't know what the TikTok was on this and the backstory. But I think we, we need to craft a bipartisan policy. And in this fraught environment, as you all know, it's going to be very hard. Do you have concerns that if this goes months and months longer, that that, uh, that support will start to wane or the American people lose interest at a certain point? You know, the, the recent the, the polls, Washington Post polls today are extraordinarily um, reflective of a, of a serious commitment on the part of, you know, ordinary humans in this country uh, in support of the effort, uh, backing of NATO. Um, now, when it comes to do you want commit American ground forces, the answer is absolutely no. Do you want war with Russia? Absolutely not. But uh, there's an enormous groundswell of support uh, from one end of the country to the other uh, on this effort. Uh, but you, you make a, a great point. This this is not going to end soon. It's going to go on for months. Every military analyst that I talk to who is outside of the government basically sees this as in, in, in these sorts of terms. The Ukrainian military is doing much better than anybody would have anticipated. The Russian military is doing much worse. But neither side can afford 
to lose, that is to say, Zelensky and Putin. And by the looks of things, it's going to be very difficult for either side to declare a quote-unquote victory that normal people would understand as a victory. Um, Putin is not going to be able to take over the whole country, decapitate the government, and occupy Kiev. Zelensky is likely not going to be able to push all of the Russian military outside of Ukraine and regain control over Crimea and parts of eastern uh, the Donbass Donbass area that the Russians have set up as, as, as pro-Russian republics. When, well, let me get in one quick last question. Do yeah, you think? Uh, no, that's good. Uh, do you think that President Biden needs to make a trip there? Boris Johnson, of course, from the UK already has. Yeah, it's a it's a security nightmare having having been on some of these presidential trips. This one, you know, it's it's a war zone, but unlike Iraq and Afghanistan, where American presidents have gone in and out, both Democrats and Republicans, we don't control this war zone. So I think uh, he could have seen Zelensky in Poland. I suppose they might have risked a meeting uh, in Kiev, but I I think it's a huge distraction, frankly, at a time when when the Ukrainian government does not need the distraction. It would be a symbolic gesture. But I think, frankly, being risk averse when it comes to presidential security, the symbolic value would not, um, I think, compensate for the risk involved. Aaron David Miller, Senior Fellow, Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. The chaos that Russia unleashed on the lives of ordinary Ukrainians drove millions from their homes and cities around the country, scattering refugees to points all across the world. But even Ukrainians that haven't been forced to flee the Russian troops have had their lives impacted by the invasion. Millions of Ukrainians northeast and southern parts of the country forced to relocate to safe spaces, meaning even the towns that haven't seen one missile strike or artillery shell land in their vicinity have been fundamentally changed by the influx of internal refugees. So joining us now is Valeria from central Ukraine. Valeria, thank you so much for being with us. Can you give us a picture now of what the internal refugee crisis is like in Ukraine? Uh, yes, hi, nice to hear you. Um, I'm now staying in a central Ukraine in the region next to Kiev. Uh, it basically became a hub for people fleeing from eastern uh, Ukraine and northern eastern Ukraine. Um, there are around 1,200,000 people here right now. So the crisis is p- pretty big, as you can guess. Um, the basic population of this town is actually around... 300,000 people, so it has rise for a lot of thousands. Um, people here find difficult times finding places to stay, to live. Um, a lot of them are fleeing from the very, very uh, poor parts of the country, uh, so basically there is a poverty here, and when they move here, they don't have enough money to stay. But fortunately, uh, people who are from this town, from this city, they're helping a lot uh, along with the rest of the world and the rest of the country. They're providing everything necessary for these people. Uh, They're providing money and uh, food and uh, clothes because, you know, those people were fleeing from the parts of the country when it was winter. And now it's already uh, around... um, Okay, it's uh, I don't I don't know how to convert it in firing guys, so just say that it's pretty warm here right now. So they're being fulfilled with everything needed, but the humanitarian crisis is still pretty big because a lot of people are uh, moving to Western Ukraine, and there is a big big lack of places to stay there. 
So as long as they stay here, it's pretty comfortable and pretty good. But yeah. this place is pretty close to eastern Ukraine. So if everything goes bad for Ukraine, which I hope and pray will not, uh, and the rest of the world prays, but if it will, we're pretty close to the uh, front line, um, and it might get worse. So of course, a lot of people, a lot of refugees, they actually prefer to flee further to, to Western Ukraine and to uh, Poland, uh, Hungary, Romania, Moldova, all of those uh, countries where they don't have to hear the air sirens. What is it like for you to see the level of support, everybody pitching in, like you said, places to stay, food, money, clothes, let's give you a new wardrobe because all you have is our, our coats because it was winter. I mean, to, to witness this happening must be pretty incredible. Yeah, I myself fled from Kiev, to be honest. I fled on 24th when every, everything started. So again, it was winter. Uh, people here provide, like, they would give you the last thing they have to you. Like, they would um, just cut themselves from having food and water and just give it to you. That's how Ukrainian people work. That's how Ukrainian people functionate, uh, function. Um, uh, but again, a lot of people from the rest of the world are helping, uh, and I myself got a lot of help here. Uh, although I do have some family here, but again, I was having tremendous, tremendous support here. And I would say that Ukraine now is as united as it as it has ever been. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I was born in independent Ukraine, but yet I have never seen such such level of unity. Uh, so I hope that it just persists, um, and I hope that I will, everyone will stay the way they are right now and just continue helping. But I'll be honest, Ukraine would not survive if we don't have uh, the level of support we're getting from the rest of the world. I also see how the U.S. is united right now. I used to be an exchange student 10 years ago. I stayed in Minnesota, um, and I've seen how, how, honest, how separated people were, Democrats, Republicans, everyone has different points of view. Um, but I've never seen such level of unity in the U.S. as well. So I really hope that the world would unite over Ukraine and would still support Ukraine and feel our pain and just not... Um, get used to it. Valeria, thank you so much for speaking to us, uh, center of the country there, uh, outside of, of Kiev, where, where she floods from and, and, and got the help from, from her own people. We hope you stay safe and, and, and well, we hope we can stay in touch. Thanks again. This is an Odyssey original. You can find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.